All right, man. Well, we're over here at Honey Jam Records. Shout out. Um, sitting down with Cryptogram. Shout out. Thanks Honey for Jam. joining me. Of course, of course. Pleasure we're to gonna be here. get. We're gonna get into it today. <laughs> Do you have any tissues? If I cry. <laughs> Prepare. Um, yeah, this is interesting. This is the first time I've done the podcast in a studio, so this is nice. Normally, it's just like in my bedroom. You can hear the dishwasher. Yeah. Yeah, because I live under the kitchen. Just don't live under the kitchen. No, it's it's not good. Like, so I mean, your kitchen is on the main floor, and you're in the basement, or the way that my house is set up, it's like the top floor is the main floor, and underneath that is my room and like a couple other rooms. And then there's a yeah. basement with more rooms. Mm-hmm. But I got unlucky. So you're yeah, well, yeah. Just, one of my friends, he always complains about living in the in like the basement, but yeah. he's not really in the basement. His like. His window is basically the main ground, like oh, main yeah. floor of the house. Yeah. But so someone could just like kick the window in and yeah, just like day. go. Just like take a grenade and just go, all right. Yeah, just roll it in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough about my house. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some music. So I, uh, I have a couple questions. going to do the hard hitting right now. What is Neo? Neo is one. Neo also, by definition, means a new or revived form of. So a couple of years ago, I labeled my music as Neo House because I thought it was just taking a new approach with house music and, and just putting my own spin on it. It was natural to kind of name my projects Neo something, mm. but I needed a chronological order just because I had so much music that I was preparing on releasing and Went Neo one through six. Yeah. Okay. Um, Got you. So it's it's multifaceted in the sense that it is the first of what you're going to release, and also it's a rebirth of house. Yeah. It's in many ways it's a rebirth of my own kind of style, just because that little break that I took allowed me to make all different kinds of music and find my own sound and really hone in on what I was going to be releasing for the near future, at least. Okay, how long have you had the Cryptogram project? Cryptogram has been up and running for about three and a half, four years. My first release really came out, I can't even remember, I think it was 2014. It was on a Romanian record label called Ensis Deep. Mm. And it was one of the first songs that I made, even before I had the Cryptogram name, it was just this like house song with trumpet samples and just me trying to figure out how to make proper house music. Okay. And... I released it on my own SoundCloud and then they just hit me up and they were like, yo, like we'd love to release this. So, I mean, I, I did a little digging, uh, yeah. did a little <laughs> research. Um, I, I saw that you grew up in a pretty musical family. Your dad was a musician. Yeah. You're Serbian. He was a Serbian musician. Yeah. Like, Serbian. So what is traditional Serbian music? There's, there's two forms really of, of traditional Serbian music. There is, the folk music that we listen to at weddings, at parties, at basically places where we get drunk. Mm. And then there's the other form, which is more like any pop music in any country. Okay. Just, so like kind of Euro pop though, where it's like... It's actually more alike to Latin music. Oh, okay. Like um, Spanish pop. Oh, so nothing Like not, not really reggaeton, stuff yeah. like that, but more like those slower pop ballads mm. and with a lot of 
reverb on guitars and very, very similar to Italian music as well. Our primary pop music right now is called Turbo Folk. Okay. And it was named by this one rapper in the 90s. And it's called Turbo Folk just because it's folk music, but like faster. Oh. And the main ry- rhythm that they use is like the reggaeton rhythm. Oh, okay. It's the... P- Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's literally what everybody uh, releases now. So it's very similar to Latin music. That is just, Latin, yeah. Yeah, just uh, Serbian language. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Where is Serbia? I'm so <laughs> bad with geography. I like, You're from Greece, right? Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. My family lineage, yeah. It's it's like really close. It's like two <laughs> countries away from Greece. I mean, yeah, I feel like, you know, we look yeah. kind of similar-ish, you know. I, yeah. I know some Serbian people. I feel like mm-hmm. I get along with them. It's yeah. The, all right. Italy is the boot in, in, in Europe. Mm-hmm. So to the right of Italy is the Adriatic Sea. Okay. To the right of the Adriatic Sea is the former region of Yugoslavia, and in the center of that region is Serbia. Okay. So right next door to Croatia. Do you go to Serbia? Because like I've only yeah. been to Greece like one or two times. Like one yeah, time. Yeah, I was Serbia. I was born in Serbia, and then we moved here and. Oh, uh, late 1999. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're starting from the humble beginnings. Um, I saw that some of your influences are Daft Punk, Larry Heard, Junior Jack, Todd Edwards. I okay. feel like from your music, yeah. I hear Disclosure, which I love. I love Definitely, Disclosure. Yeah. Me too. So musically, how did you get put on to some of these guys? I don't even know where where that began, but I know Daft Punk was number one out of all of those. Mm. I used to torrent stuff a, like a fuck ton when I was <laughs> like seven, eight, nine years old. Same, I don't my even brother know why. taught me how yeah. to do it. I was like, oh. like LimeWire, FrostWire, that kind of stuff. Airshare, Air, yeah, exactly, good. yeah. I would I would have moments where I would just download everything that I thought was like really cool. I would put it to download and then I would leave. Like mm. our house just yeah, to go it somewhere. Took like two days. It took like two days to download <laughs> like one, one song. song yeah. yeah, and I, I, I will always remember this. I, it's a beautiful day by U two, mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs of all time. Oh yeah, I put that one to download, and it took me like three days to download. And when I finally downloaded, I was listening to it on like repeat for two hours. But in that time was when I like found out about Daft Punk, and one more time was the first song that I heard by them, and then. Eiffel 65 Blue was Dude. another favorite. That was like when, you know, when yes. I first discovered dance music or whatever the fuck, they, you know, that yeah. was. Dude, my family had the Europop album. There's another one called, what's it called? It's like, move your body, everybody. Come on and move your body. Dude, that's a, <laughs> that one's fire. I'm trying I know to the find one by Marshall album. Jefferson, but I don't know that one. Oh, no. Okay. That is like a very similar song. Mm-hmm. That one's like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, and it's like, move your body. Dun, dun, dun. This one's like, move your body. It's like yeah. a little different, but <laughs> I mean, you're the point of the song is to get you to dance. Yeah, literally. So, okay. Gotcha. But yeah, Daft Punk, that was, that was number one for me. Yeah. Um, and then after that, like, Probably late middle school was when I discovered Romanian dance music. Ina, if you ever heard of her. Dude, I do. You know her? Yeah. I. Dude, she's got this one song. Uh, it's like her on a beach and she's like Amazing. surfing. That's what it's called. It's a good one. But yeah. you know what it was? That song samples um, 
this song by what everybody thought was Deep Dish. It was not Deep Dish. It was Chris Tomey or something like that. It's called Can You Feel It? And that, when my mom's friend came back from Montenegro one summer, she showed me that song because it was her ringtone. And this was like 2006. And I saw, I heard that song and, and it was, it's literally proper house music, like what house music yeah. should be. And I used that song as my MySpace like soundtrack or like theme song, like page song. I love that song. And then like a couple of years later, I found out that Ina sampled the song that I was like originally listening to. And it was the same song. Really? Yeah. I'm just going to play it on the mic real quick. <laughs> so yeah then after that part of my life where i listened to romanian dance music for one summer then i actually found out about real chicago house music deep house yeah just dove in further gotcha and then in 2013 at ultra music festival mm. in miami mm -hmm. my brother and i went and we saw disclosure for the first time oh, shit. and then that's like obviously when yeah you know, when i started listening to more and was that your first festival? No, 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 no. That was, I had already gone to festivals in Chicago, Lollapalooza, and that's where I found out about more mm -hmm. mainstream dance music like Swedish House Mafia, Axwell, those guys. Yeah. Did you see Swedish House when yeah, you were there? Yeah, in that, actually the that tent, year. like whatever, or was that a different year? Maybe they played a couple times. That, I saw them the last time that they played before the break in uh, 2013 at Ultra. Are they coming back together? Yeah. Thank Did God. you see that movie? Yeah, that, like a documentary. I cried. Yeah, that was a good documentary. <laughs> they were like my favorite artists of that time, just because I was so into, I was so in love with the, like their music and that whole branding and everything. Who's the like bigger guy? The guy's he's like kind of the head guy. Is he or he's taller like, or I don't. Yeah, he's like taller, but he's he's like the most short charismatic. No short hair, I think. Because there's Sebastian and Grosso is the yeah. taller guy with the short hair, kind of thicker. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. There's a part in there where he's like, we're going to go out there. I'm going to play the drums. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's so his, sad. His, like, the most legendary quote is they filmed him one year in like for Winter Music Conference in Miami. And they were like, what are you going to do tonight, Seb? And he was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to fuck this nightclub in the pussy. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. okay. So... I'm curious now moving on from the humble beginnings yeah. what what inspires you now like who who out there inspires you now honestly the more I get into production and the more I get into house music and you know making my own music the the further back I dive in I really don't listen to a lot of current music besides deep tech techno house music rap obviously I was bumping the metro album on the way here yeah. Yeah, more more nineties house music, early two thousands. Junior Jack is one of my I don't know idols Junior Jack. And, I gotta look that up. Yeah, definitely look him up. I don't know why he took such a long break and he still hasn't really come back with anything since like two thousand seven. Besides house music, of course, I listen to Sade. She's my favorite musical artist of all time. So Do you like that selection compilation? I do. I like selection just, you know, as a whole. Yeah. I never really got into Future Bass just mm. because it was done right for a little bit of time, 
mm. when Flume was releasing his stuff and mm. and then the chain smokers took it and just took oh a shit God. out of me. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I like to dabble in all the mm-hmm. new music on SoundCloud, that like black hole. Yeah. <laughs> and uh there's a lot of future bass. It's become kind of just like the same thing, which is unfortunate. Same thing over and over again. 110 cool. BPM and just like the yeah, just like heavy chords, like, like very, very simple, yeah, major chords, and then the eventual like vocal chop in the background with a fuck ton of delay. And yes, I'm sorry, my phone is ringing. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I was looking through your stuff and I noticed that you the new EP started or was released on the hardest records. Yes. And I'm curious, is that something you started or is that? you and someone else or what, what's up with that hardest records is an idea that i had when i first started releasing music just because at the very beginning no one really fucks with your music but you mm-hmm. so every producer's goal or haven in their mind is to have their own thing with it you know they could be the head of and just be like yeah this is my music so fuck you mm-hmm. so for me that was hardest records and one night i sat down and i had the idea of making and releasing music that comes from the heart that's not just disposable dismissible garbage so i strive (laughs) obviously not to make that kind of music so hardest was just a thing that i started and then one of my good friends emmanuel he's always supported my music and we kind of became friends through listening and exchanging different music and stuff so we don't really know where it's going to go yet but for right now it's starting with the neo releases Gotcha. And you have a bunch of other releases planned, right? Like you, yeah. in in the article or in the post that you made, you said that this was just like the start of six, right? Yeah. So this is, Neo One is the first chapter of six and they're all going to be released um, in the next eight to nine months. Hopefully oh, wow. capping it off in June. Okay. So. That's structured. Yeah. Everything is, I've I've probably finished or worked on at least 80 songs in the last two years. Wow. And I've selected and curated 18 to release and hopefully people will like them. Yeah. Nice. So you were just like making just as much, like you wake up yeah. every day. I, it wasn't really something I planned. It's just something that I naturally do. I always just, I always make music. It was a routine for me, but sometimes I would go in like a period of a month where I just wouldn't make anything. Either I don't get inspired or I just don't make music just to like take a break and then come back even stronger. Yeah. And then sometimes I would sit down and make like six songs in a day and just wow. go to bed happy. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, wow. I feel yeah. Like I Inspired. You know, yeah. Recharged. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this was while you were in school. Yeah, of course. So you were just doing a lot. Yeah. But growing up in a musical household, constantly being involved in music, playing the piano since I was four, it's just something that I have built my muscle memory to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Let's just go right back to like the first release. You said that you just posted it on SoundCloud. Is there any other people in this process? Like this guy that's Emmanuel, he's helping you out. Like, have there been other people that have been like essential in your career? Definitely. Yeah. Um, at the very beginning, it was just me and myself and just putting stuff on SoundCloud. Cryptogram yeah. wasn't even a thing then. I was yeah. releasing stuff under my name. My name backwards, <laughs> Rogi oh, yeah. Rack. And then yeah. I was releasing stuff under like different aliases and just stuff that didn't really click with me. It was like Electro House, Progressive House, Techno, this, that, Trans, Progressive Trans. All, all of it was electronic music, yeah. yeah. 
And then on Wikipedia, I was going through random articles and just clicking that random article button and musical cryptogram popped up. It was like an article and I was reading it and I was like, oh, cryptogram, that could actually be like a cool thing. I just took it and I, was, I put a K on it just because C is Lame. for me visually unpleasing. C is just not yeah. a cool, anybody just, we got to get rid of it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Wait, what is a musical cryptogram? Because I know what a cryptogram is. Yeah, but... a cryptogram is basically a puzzle. A musical yeah. cryptogram is a puzzle within a certain composition. So way back before disses and distracts and beefs were a thing composers of like the renaissance in the 1700s 1800s were making music based on a cryptogram which say they wanted to write a song for their girlfriend they would take her name and then each letter in her name would correspond to a different note on the scale mm. and so then they would make a song only using the notes that correspond to her, the letters in her name. Wow. And it was some like really in-depth love letter type shit. Wow. And did, did yeah. the like women, I mean, I'm assuming it was mostly women because they were being like courted by men. Yeah. But, like, or it was like a thing where they were just, they were trying to get a point across and they would like use that word. Did they understand or were they just like, I'm a genius. I know. Probably a little bit of both, <laughs> you know. Um, just like every Easter egg and every like musical song ever, you hope somebody's going to find it, but then you're just like, all right, I'll just tell them. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. but yeah, so then that was what that meant. And originally when I took the name, I thought it was just going to be me making puzzling music and releasing stuff and just like making a riddle on every release. I really wanted to do that kind of stuff. Like intricate, whatever. Yeah, very intricate and like, yo, like you got to solve this to like know what the next one is and like oh, that's, yeah, that like kind of thing. how they correlate. Yeah. So oh. in a way, Neo 1 through 6 does do that. Yeah. Because each Neo EP represents a different emotion. Okay. But I'm still not fully in that cryptogram world yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotcha, interesting. Yeah. So in a lot of your songs, do you... Is there anything intentional that you add that's like kind of like something super filtered? It's like some pop song that you just wouldn't even know. In or? every one of my songs, I can say that I've used my vocal. Somehow. Oh, okay. But it's just either a like a effect or like that reversed or uh -huh. a hand clap. Obviously not my vocal, but like some sort of me playing something. Oh. Uh, but vocal definitely in every single one of my songs I've used. I'm going to look out for that then. Are you train like a trained singer? Or are you just like belted in the shower? <laughs> no, I my dad since he's a singer and a oh he's a singer he's a singer and a musician and so he's performed at private events. So four or five or six years ago in high school, I started going with him to these events and playing with him. Mm -hmm. That's when I started singing for actual crowds. Really? Yeah. Wow. So my first gig ever of me singing was in front of four hundred people at a wedding. Or it was not, it was a New Year's party and I was shitting my pants. You're just like, because eh. <laughs> like I didn't have anything to hide behind. I didn't have like a piano to play or something because that's what I grew up playing. Yeah. So it was just me standing with a mic in my hand and like an iPad for lyrics. Wow. And was it like spotlight on you? Yeah. It was like people were eating dinner and then the dinner stopped and then they were like, all right, well, we're going to begin. Here's blah, blah, blah. First yeah. uh, gulp. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> my first time was like I sang a Creed song karaoke 
My sacrifice? It didn't go well. No. Uh, <laughs> one last breath. I should have oh, chose no, my fine. sacrifice because I know the words better. Yeah. And like, I know that they give you the words, but like, you still got to know the cadence. Yeah. And, like, I like Six Feet from the Edge from Creed. That's like so like, cheesy six good. Six Feet from the Edge. And I'm yeah. Wait, that's one last breath, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe six feet. I'm pretty sure that's one last breath. See, that's why I didn't do well yeah. with the carry. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> wow. So, okay. I, I guess going back to hardest, this was a way for you to just like release your own music and, you yeah. know, just stay pure in that sense. But. I was reading on one, someone did an article about you and they were like, you know, he's, he's great. You know, he's from Chicago and he's, he's not even signed yet. And I was thinking like, Oh, yeah. is that something you want? For the longest time when I was first starting off, I thought that was something that was necessary to be popular and to be this and to be that. And then more and more artists now are taking the independent approach using self-distributing services to get their music out. Mm -hmm. creating their own imprints, creating their own record labels. And that's where I currently see myself more. Mm -hmm. I can't see myself being just like a, another artist on Interscope or another artist on Ultra Music or this or that. Just because those, those artists, sometimes they do leave a mark, but most of the times they're here today, gone tomorrow. Yeah, it's true. It's like a system that just like churns yeah. in and out, you know? And... I love having control over my own things and my music. I'm not really a control freak, but I like having creative control, which yeah. would be the best way to describe why I started the record label. And so you say like being on a big label, like, you know, you can churn people out, but like, let's say you become more established and you know, there's some guy that you're like, wow, dude, you're making really sick music. And yeah. I think that it could mm -hmm. fit on our label. Definitely. Like, so signing people, would you have a different perspective on that? Or, I mean, I know that that's kind would, of far yeah. away, but... I've always thought about, which is why the parent company of Hardest Records is Hardest Group, mm -hmm. which allows us to take control and have a music group where we can sign unsigned artists and manage different artists. So mm -hmm. I thought about it before I started and I thought about the, the way, way, way future. Yeah. And I've always wanted to be involved with somebody else's career as well as mine as a producer, as either, um, yeah, like an executive producer or like a manager in some sort but definitely not the business side more of the creative side yeah so, so i do definitely see me signing somebody it wouldn't be like a traditional form of signing somebody yeah i wouldn't just want to hey i'm gonna sign you you're gonna give me three albums in the next year right and then you know fuck off yeah you can no, do whatever be more you want like a yeah like a freedom in signing i feel that man well that's i think it's good to have a big picture mindset and then just, you know, if that never happens, whatever, man. But at least you were moving yeah. towards that point. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I mean, my eventual goal, if, if I'm being honest, is to be Jay-Z. Yeah. That's, he's That'd be sick. He's an idol. He's a mogul. He's everything. But he's also a fucking badass. He's got control over his own art and a control of his career. Yeah. And but, he's helped yeah. a lot of people. Exactly. In the process. He, you know, he owns the management agency that manages J. Cole. Yeah. A, a lot of other artists as well. Mm -hmm. So, what about like someone like Kanye with good music? Yeah, how do you feel about that? Similar, similar. Yeah, I love Kanye. He's one of my influences because I do make hip hop music. Just no one knows really the name I make it under. Uh huh. 
definitely one of my hip hop influences. For sure. Yeah. You said that you don't want to be part of the business as much. You want to, you, you want to like do your own thing. You want to make the music and yeah, you want to like definitely. be in the creative process. Mm-hmm. So like when it comes to the business stuff, promotion and yeah, just like marketing yourself. Is that you? Is that your partner? Like, how do you make yeah. sure that you're still, you know, because you have to be business oriented in order to make it. Like, 100%. Yeah. I always have that business approach. Mm-hmm. But currently, since I can, I can focus on the creative approach and introduce a new way of doing things, at least for myself. Mm-hmm. But I always have that business side in my head, just thinking about all right, if this isn't selling, like, obviously I'm not going to push that. If this is, I'm going to push that. Yeah. But not relying solely on, all right, how can I make the most cheesy mainstream thing and just sell it to everybody? Like, I'm somewhere in between where I understand that people don't like certain things, but not push garbage on them just because it can sell. Yes. So. That's responsible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So on a release like Neo 1, what was like the business side of that? Because like I... I hear the music. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I get it. You know? Yeah. It's good music. But there's so many people that make good music that doesn't necessarily reach people. Yeah. What were some of the things like, you know, people were writing about you. Mm -hmm. Was that you reaching out to them being like, hey, like I'm releasing some stuff. Would you like to write an article? We can help each other type of thing. Or is it like, you know, what is it? At the very beginning of me releasing music. There was a lot of blogs that picked up my my music then and I've learned to maintain a relationship with them just because they are very important in discovering new music and marketing mm-hmm. new music. So I reached back to the people that supported my music before I took the break and then reached out to new people as well that I thought were fitting of the music that I was sending them. Mm-hmm. And so it was mostly me self-managing myself and figuring things out as I go. Everything really was done two to three weeks or a month before the release where I would reach out to somebody and then they'd they'd like it or they'd say, you know what? No, it's not in our, it's not what we do, but I appreciate you sending that kind of thing. Okay. So there was like some give and take. It was like you asking some people just being like, Hey, we're hyped on your music. Definitely. Yeah. So a natural Mm -hmm. thing, like you want to promote this thing. Some people just naturally want to promote this thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. I always, I'm curious because I feel like and for anyone listening to it, I think it's important to keep that business mindset. Yeah, it's easier said than done. It's like, this is what you should do. Yeah. Like, you know. I think one of the most important things that every artist should know at the very beginning is how to properly write an email. Yeah. That's so, so important. It can go so far. And also having an email that doesn't end in Yahoo or <laughs> AOL or what Gmail. About just Gmail, not Gmail, like a professional website email. Yeah, I, I just started my own website domain thing just because I wanted to have that like. So what would be a cryptogram email crash course if you were going to give it to someone? <laughs> like right. the do's and don'ts. The do's and don'ts. Step one for don'ts, don't copy and paste the same email over and over again just because every single blog is going to take in and be like, all right, this you just sent this to somebody. Yeah, you it's can so tell. so generic. Okay. And when you can, when you say like, oh, I'm a huge fan of blah, 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 like. Insert name here. <laughs> yeah, insert name here. Exactly. So it's a very, very, it's like a stencil of how to reach out and be like, yeah, listen to my music, please listen to my music. And also start off with a little introduction about yourself, but don't go over the top. Mm-hmm. Keep everything, Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Keep it limited to two or three sentences. 
Yeah, not like, dude, I ran into you and now I'm going to tell you my whole life. Yeah. But besides the email thing, a definite do is go out and meet people, network, and have a smile. Because I've met a lot of people in the industry so far who are successful, but can be way, 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 way more successful if they had a, a more positive approach and a more charismatic approach. Even though it doesn't come natural to certain people, but mm -hmm. a smile can go really, really far. Yeah, almost just to show that you're here and you're having a good time, like Definitely, whatever yeah. it is, like you're not freaking out like, oh no, this needs to. Yeah, but I mean, you know, int being introverted and having that social anxiety is very common in music and in artists in general. I feel like we all have it, mm -hmm. but I think a smile is step one to just showing that how comfortable you are in that setting and people will recognize that and definitely remember you for it. I feel like that was some good advice. Yeah. I feel like yeah, I'm going to take that advice. That. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, let's, let's go. Cause like I'm, we're getting through it. The biggest ones that I have left are pretty much just about the EP. And I'm curious because like, I feel like the one thing that my music is missing is a vocalist right now or some kind of human element that's yeah. just like, mm, that is not completely electronically produced and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like with your EP, it, I mean, that's like the one thing that I was like, wow, yeah, this is great. Like you have vocalists that have interesting lyrics and they might just be like rhythmic, like mm -hmm. choreography is just like the same thing. It's nothing like mind blowing, but exactly, it's just yeah. like, stick to the beat you know yeah how important that is the vocalist on it, Sydney J. Okay. And very, very talented, insanely talented vocalist yeah. and all around like beautiful soul. Yeah. Me and her work a lot on my stuff, her stuff, collaborative stuff, you know, all around. She came to the studio with that song with some demo uh, beats behind it, but we worked on choreography as a song completely different to what it became. Yeah. And the choreography vocal part was actually verse one of the song that we were going to do mm. um, but I took it that night when she left and I was just kind of playing around with the beat and I made that choreography demo like that night so I basically took her first verse and 
isolate it and use it as the main part just because it's so um it's kind of addictive you like you listen to it and it's telling you to keep going and keep listening to it yeah it's like keep it rolling like come on like it's basically giving you tips on how to listen to that music that to that song like in the moment song could be like you know people would choose that for like their dance class like if i was like a dance major i'd be like this is the one it just tells me like what to do yeah every morning when i go to the gym and i pass by like the zumba section mm-hmm. i'm out like that in the last year or whatever i've always just had that in my head where i was like i know one day that they're gonna be playing like a song that i made and choreography is the song for that do they Currently. play it no but i mean i can just i can give it to them and have them play it but you gotta slip it to them. The thing would, that would make it more satisfying <laughs> is for them to find out, like yeah. by themselves. And you're just like, mm. oh, that's a long shot. <laughs> you could just like slip in like a USB, like hmm, mysterious yeah. USB. I'm gonna put this in my computer. Hopefully, I don't get a virus. You know. Yeah, I think <laughs> I forgot to mention that is the most important part of reaching out to people. What having music on you at all times, 100 percent of the time. Where do you keep it? In my pocket on a USB. On a USB, yeah. like not on your phone. Not on my phone, on a USB. The last year, or year and a half, every time I've gone out, I've had a USB in my pocket with my music, like my demos on it. Do you and hand it to people? Yeah, I've handed it to three people in the last year, and two of them were Disclosure and Detroit Swindle. That was definitely the game changer of very important, and you never know. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> were they cool? Definitely cool. Disclosure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really, really cool guys. Really, really humble and just an all around, all around lovers of the craft of house music, which is the most important. Big shout out to them. Yeah. Big, big, big shout out, dude. <laughs> um, so yeah, choreography. That's my favorite. <laughs> I you, have yeah. to say, but porn's really good too. Is this, is that the same girl? No, porn is actually just a, a sample from an old vocal sample pack. Okay. Um, it was... It was saying differently. I just chopped it up to make it sound like it was singing what it was singing. Oh. So that's usually what I do with all my vocals just because I don't want it to be a, a direct, all right, drag and drop and like, let's just release it. one part it's the one where it's like yeah the vocal chops yeah dude the start of it when it comes in with that like it's like a like a little roll dude that is so disclosure i fucking love it so sick thank you yeah Oh, 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 oh,
yeah. one of those vocals is mine. So oh, really? Hear, yeah, if you hear it, at least one of the... Oh, mm-hmm. so that was like a bunch of just... In, or like, it's let's get into ones. some technical shit really quick, because this is the that. podcast for producers. And I did just bring out my radio voice for that. 106.9, Boner <laughs> FM. <laughs> How do you do your vocal jobs? Is it just like, are you like doing it on a keyboard like samples? Or are you just like, you know, putting it on, on a timeline and just like, do you have like a technique um, or... I use the EXS24 a lot in Logic. Okay. But is that I a sampler? Yeah, that's the sampler in Logic. Um, okay. I don't drag and drop samples in it and just, just like, mm. you know, use it. I put one sample on like one channel mm-hmm. and then have that so that I can play. If, if the sample's in G minor, I can play that in like a A minor as well or like a D minor. I work with audio a lot. I, I really like audio tracks and yeah. usually the stuff that I make in MIDI, I bounce out like mm-hmm. right away so that I can have a more audio approach to it when you have it in midi there's so much you can change and when you just like you're like okay i'm just gonna do it right now and then we're gonna bounce it and that's gonna be the part and i can go back and change it if i need to if you need to yeah but i it's it's almost limiting in a way where you can take what you would record as midi and record it as audio Mm -hmm. and just bounce it out and just work with that because it just it frees your mind of the endless approach yeah. and possibilities of what you can do with that mini track or that audio track it just kind of like simplifies it a bit and makes you focus on the necessities of how yes. to make a proper arrangement or yeah. production or make it sound you know good you pretty much just gotta move as or at least i don't know my advice for people is like just like move fast when you're creating at first like don't get too caught up in the nitty gritty in the start i think the yeah the most success i've had with songs were the ones that i made literally in like an hour or like two hours yeah the ones that i've dragged on for like six months were the ones that when they were released i've hated yeah you're just like i've listened to this so many times i've tried to make it work yeah and do you feel like you know if you start working on something and then you just like leave it kind of unfinished that you're going to come back to it or Sometimes I get like anxiety about that. I'm like, oh, yeah. I need to get this to a place where it's at least something. Like finished demo. Yeah. yeah. Like not mixed and mastered. Mm-hmm. The structure is pretty much there. It's 50-50 with me on that. Okay. Half of the library that I have of stuff that I've bounced out are ideas ranging from 30 seconds to a minute and a half. Mm. And then the other 50% are full out arranged compositions that gotcha. I can come back to and, and just add like the little crypto touches. Right. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's, and then there's stuff that I haven't bounced out. That's just like <laughs> chilling in the, the project, the treasure chest as just a project <laughs> file. <laughs> do you, uh, I always ask about like the process, like, do you start a certain way or is it like sometimes you write chords, sometimes you just put a kick and snare in there and you just go, you feed off the rhythm. Usually like, I start off with drums. Oh, Okay. The kick, definitely. Yeah. Um, I have several kicks that I use in most of my songs, claps mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, but then the bass is probably my favorite place to, when it when it all needs to be brought together, that's when I go to the bass. So, usually, so after the chords. Yeah. I usually either start with the chords first or the drums first. Yeah. And then right after the chords, I go for the drums or right after the drums, I go for the chords. And then once that those two things are working properly, then I go for the bass. And that's when it gets saucy. Saucy, definitely. I feel that. I feel like it's hard to 
write a bass line, unless you're really good with chords. Um, yeah. It's hard to write the bass line first and then be like, oh, we're going to put some chords over that. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously it'll work, but one, if you get the harmony, it's easy to just complement it with like one note opposed to yeah. four notes or something. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But bass, I feel like I've always, if I was to be born again, I would want to be a bass player for sure. Yeah. It's my favorite instrument to hear, favorite instrument to, like to play. On a synth or are you talking about like actual, actual bass? I would want to like be an actual bass it? player and like a slap bass and like Marcus Miller was one of my idols. Okay. Um, Pino Palladino as well. But yeah, all the bass that I that you hear in the songs, it's all me being in saucy on the on the synth. Do you have a uh, any specific patches that you like using? I know some people, they don't want to give away all their secrets either. So I understand. Yeah, I'm that. totally cool with like sharing what I use and stuff just because everything is so subjective. Like I could tell you, yeah, I use this and then you could be like, ah, oh, I hate this. So right. Um, I use a Scarby bass for my live like acoustic bass or electric basses. And then I used one of the patches on the Juno. I use the Rolling Cloud a lot and use a lot of the basses on that. So, do you ever use the uh, Korg? Uh, what's it called? The M1? Or? Yeah, the M1 definitely. I grew up playing on that um, synth because my my dad had that. That was his like lead synth when he would be performing in, like the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and then it just died one day. And we oh, took no. it to like a to an audio thing, and they were like, "Yeah, you're gonna have How to just bury it." How much does one of those run you? It's like seven hundred, eight hundred bucks now. Okay, it's not too much. It's just like a regular, yeah, synth. Yeah, it's not crazy. Yeah, for sure. I fuck with that. So let's move on to the last song, Arcadian. I had to look up what Arcadian meant because yeah. I hear it. I like hear that word, Arcadia, Arcadian. And I didn't. I was like, I like going to the arcade. <laughs> so my research told me that it was a place in Greece and I don't know being Arcadian is like being like reclusive or like you're like to yourself is yeah. am I getting anything the, right there? I mean the first part you said where like when you heard the song you heard that word mm-hmm. that was totally the th- same thing that happened with me I didn't do any research on the word before I named that song that I just in the moment when I was bouncing it, I was like it sounds like something like this, like mm. Arcadian. It's just like so epic. Um, just because it had a ton of reverb, it had a ton of delay. Okay. And I wrote it as the soundtrack of a day in Malibu on my birthday. Okay. Last, or this year actually, um, with me and my girlfriend at the time. Gotcha. And was it, it was a good birthday, I would assume? Beautiful, yeah. Okay. Relaxed birthday? Yeah, relaxed. You know, when you... When the first breakdown starts is like when you leave your car and you step on the sand in Malibu, like on the beach, Zuma Beach, and you just look out and it's like perfectly sunny, perfect perfect weather, like no wind, no nothing. Yeah. Definitely has that epic Greece, Greek feel. I, I get what you're saying. So. Shout out Greeks. Shout out Greece. I was in Mykonos this summer and it's really? my favorite place on earth currently. Dude, I went there for the first time not too long ago. Yeah. 
and it's just party central. It is. It's crazy. It is very party central, but there's also parts of the island that you're just, you can just chill and yeah. there's a lot of like remote beaches and very, very beautiful. It's so cool. Have you seen that video of Lindsay Lohan where she's dancing like in Mykonos? Yeah, she's at, she was at one of her play, like lounges or places that she opened up. Yeah. And she's such a lousy dancer. She's she's like so offbeat. She's so offbeat, yeah. If you party that much, you have to be good at partying. on was uh, you know at the end of this article or this little blurb that you wrote um, you expressed that you know there's so much noise out there and I, I completely agree there's so much music out there it's more accessible than ever to make music and produce it and make it into like you know a little file that you can distribute yeah but you were like you know this is a 12 minute and 45 second music situation that's not what you said but that's yeah. what i said <laughs> yeah. and uh you know just close your eyes and just enjoy this to ensure a proper sonic experience there's certain songs and certain things that I, when i listen to it i listen to just the music part of it i don't listen to because there's certain songs that i'll need for you to be in a certain situation to enjoy it mm -hmm. like rap and hip-hop currently the state that it's in now you have to be out partying or you have to be out drinking or doing something to make yeah. sure that that music hits you mm -hmm. and i totally get it and i'm totally all for that because i love doing that when i listen to that music a lot of the songs i listen to on a regular basis i'm usually in my car all the time so i listen to music there mm -hmm. and some songs hit me so hard that i have to put all everything down and just look straight and listen to it yeah and those are my favorites yeah. um but yeah, if I have to listen to a song and like I skip around, I know for a fact that I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. Again. So. So how do you feel about intros? Like quick, got to get in there. Coming from house music where a typical song is anywhere from six to eight minutes for the original mix at least. Um, I love them because I, I love hearing what the producer did to like make it a little bit different or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if it's just a lazy intro where it's just drums... 45 seconds and it's the same thing over and over again you know i, I do skip around because i know right, that that's meant for djs that's meant for djs exactly so in neo one the one that I, that I just released i try to make it so that there's no intro mm -hmm. that you have to skip around to because i always send out my music to my friends to my family and if i look at them and 
they get bored in the very first 45 seconds, I know for a fact that I'm changing the arrangement just because they're the general populace. Yeah, man, I, uh, I gotta get a car <laughs> just for that purpose. Like just, I have yeah. some of the best memories of music was me listening in a car with my friends bumping. Some of, yeah, some of my favorite songs came from those situations where yeah. you're just like, you just get your license. And you're like, this is the first Dude, song that I'm playing tonight when yes. they come to get me. It's the first time where you can share what you listen to and get judged for it, like at, with your close circle of friends. Yeah. Because then that's like where you show who you are through like the music you listen to. Yeah. And that's when they, they can see that side of you. Because when you're just a kid, you're not really listening to music with your friends mm -hmm. at like a basement or in the room. You're usually listening to it in the car. Yeah. And yeah, at least for our, like my friends, that was when we first started getting a feeling of, oh, okay, you, this is what you're into or this is what you're into. Yeah. And every time I would play something, it would just be for the floor house music. <laughs> so they'd be like, yeah, okay, you're that guy. <laughs> and then you start drinking and partying and then it's like, it takes on a whole new life. And, yeah. you know, not everyone, but you also say that there were a bunch of emotions. And I know that you touched earlier that the new... All the Neo sessions. Are they all going to be called Neo session? Like Neo 2, Neo? Yeah. Okay. All chronological Neo 1 through 6. Are these the emotions that you're talking about in each EP? Are they all going to be EPs? They are all going to be three track EPs. Mm. They are all going to be my definition of a feeling through sound of a certain feeling. So the first one was me getting back and readmitting myself to the music world and re like showing myself like, oh, okay, this is me again. Like this is what I do. And that mm. was that feeling for me. The second gotcha. one is completely about love, all the ups and downs of love. Mm. So what are we going to see on that one? Is it going to be like R&B tracks or no? <laughs> it's Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be more personal, I feel. Okay. So definitely more personal. It's going to go a little deeper. Yeah. When you, when you feel that feeling, you're going to be like, okay, like, let me play that song again, just because it awoke that feeling in my, you know, my body again. If you do listen to it and you, you think about that person that like did that to you or you did that to them, mm -hmm. then I've succeeded. Yeah. And are you writing a lot of lyrics? Yeah. The title track, or not the, the lead single of Neo 2 is a song that I wrote with Sydney. How certain people fade away and how you're just telling them like, you know, keep me in mind. For sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I mean, I've asked everything I really want to ask or I came prepared to ask for. Um, is there anything you'd like to say, like any thing, just <laughs> give me a speech right now. Shit. But I guess there's a lot of different reasons why people get into music. And I feel like the biggest one is to like essentially help people, you know, mm -hmm. you can relate to people or you can relate to this song, whatever it is, you know, and it makes you feel better. It always, it, it always brightens up my day or just like makes my week better when somebody sends me like, yo, this song that you made is like amazing. Whenever I get messages on Instagram or Facebook of people telling me like random people that I don't even know. Yeah. That are like, yo, like when are you coming in a, to the city to play? Or like, I, I can't wait to like, for you to be more known to like other people because I like can't stop listening to music. Like yeah. whenever I hear that, I just, I screenshot and I put it in a little folder and just like you know, reference that again when I have to make music because I'm just yeah. in shock that like that that's possible, you know? Yeah. So speaking of which, yeah. are you are you going to be playing shows? Are you going to be, is that like the next step? Yeah, that is the next step, definitely. 
more shows, more local shows. There's mm-hmm. going to be some more overseas shows as well. Yeah. And DJing. DJing, yeah. DJing with the live element, I think would be <laughs> what, I, what I would be best described as. Because I, I love DJing. It's awesome. Yeah. But it's like two minutes of standing. Yeah. And then just one switch yeah. and then another two minutes of standing and dancing. Yeah. So whenever I see DJs that are just like constantly touching the knobs, it's like, dude. Yeah. Like too many EQ yeah. sweeps or filter sweeps is just like, dude, just it, yeah. it was produced the way yeah, it exactly. was. Like, like, if you don't have to take the, the high pass filter, like on every four beats, bro, you can just like, let it be, you know, yeah. you totally just step up, like step back, dance, yeah. see how the crowd's doing. And then like do your switch or whatever in a really, really good and professional sounding guest mix or a mix anywhere. You mm-hmm. can hear how much time was put into proper transitions where it just wasn't like the kick, the kick, the kick. And then like you cut out the kick and then like another kick comes in. Like right. that's very, very simple to do. Yeah. But what separates you from the rest is making something that like literally sounds like a, like a sound collage of that type of music where it just goes in and out and in and out, like without being too blatant. Yeah. 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 All right, well, let's finish this with yeah. just like a question that I ask a lot of times. Um, and that is, what was the first concert you've ever been to? I feel like I can get some good little tidbits about who people are based on that, Damn. even though it's not always a choice. Yeah, I think for me, it wasn't a choice. It was uh, when I was a kid and my dad would always go to concerts to like, you know, in Chicago yeah. to support the Serbian guys that were coming overseas. or So we would always be going to the... Serbian artists concerts mm-hmm. um, so I would have to say that was probably one of my first ones Okay, but one of the first ones I willingly bought the ticket for and went to was probably I'd, it was probably at the Congress Theater in like the beginning of high school like maybe sophomore year or freshman year I don't even know yeah rest in peace rest in peace the best place the place that made me <laughs> yeah but yeah it was probably like a Porter Robinson concert, like a Sebastian Ingrosso, like one of those guys that was like in the height of their career over then, like in that era. Yeah. Cause I, I remember seeing for a new year's one time Hardwell opening up for Porter Robinson uh-huh. and it was like, what? you, that, you know, for, for a ticket that was probably like $15. Yeah. If you fast forwarded like two years after that, like Hardwell was like at the very top, Porter Robinson is at the very top, like, you know, but we were seeing them when they were just these like up and coming guys. Dude, I saw a crazy show there with my friend. I saw Nero play. Yeah. And Dylan Francis like opened and literally no one cared at all. Crazy. Like no one was, uh, we were like, this guy's DC's He's doing his <laughs> thing. We were like watching from the balcony. Yeah. Like, this guy's cool. Like, yeah, he's you know, cool he's, just, he's grinding. Yeah. He's Dude, grinding. Now, yeah. now he's fucking <laughs> killing. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, Congress Theater was like the place. And I'm, I'm so sad that I wasn't like old enough then so that I could go out there and play them and, you know, be in that group of artists that was up and coming at that time. Just because just I feel it was so important to like test out if your stuff was good or not at Congress. Yeah. But sadly it closed before I could. But there's other places. I mean like. Yeah, definitely. But it just, it had that feeling like in that time because EDM was this huge, huge, yeah. huge bubble. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, there's something about Congress like that. You literally feel like the roof is going to crack on you. Like every time you go. Yeah. And you're just like, shit, like if this is it, this the might be bathrooms it. bathrooms you know? were narsed. That was almost a good thing. 
yeah made you feel like you were in, in the underground in the underground like in the in our version of like a rave scene just because yeah. we didn't have those like 90s and no yeah, yeah. it was good shit fuck yeah man let's kill it Rashad cut the mics <laughs> So yeah, also this month I will be releasing a remix to fill in the time between Neo 1 and Neo 2. And Neo 2 is going to be coming out mid-December. What's that, for that? What's that going to be called? The remix is of a, of a song and the song is called One Love. You know I love you, I love you, I love you 